Hey all, welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. And if you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Happy to be joined now in Louisville, Kentucky with Jesse Hawkins, a.k.a. The Mocktail Project on Instagram. Um, Jesse promotes uh, kind of the the responsibility angle within the food and beverage world, creating uh, mocktails and partnering with uh, a lot of different beverage brands. Uh, and, and, and bars as well. Jesse, thanks for, so much for, for joining us today here. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. Um, so before we get too much into this, um, can you just kind of speak on on how you got into to the Mocktail Project and where your journey started? Yeah, definitely. It's been a, uh, it's been a fun winding, um, you know, journey for myself. Um, you know, I actually made the personal choice to have my last drink almost six years ago now. Um, you know, and I'm a Kentucky boy through and through and, you know, growing up here, um, you know, when I made that personal choice to stop drinking, like I literally never thought I could get back onto the Kentucky bourbon trail or, you know, do some of the biggest things, you know, the most iconic things in our state, like go, you know, to Churchill Downs and Kingland and, um, you know, I love bourbon and I love good food and, um, you know, the Mocktail Project for me was really, you know, an opportunity to create a platform where everyone could just feel welcomed, whether you do drink, don't drink, taking a break. Uh, you know, we're right in the midst of dry January and, you know, you look at, you know, some of the most iconic things here in our state, um, you know, from the soda brands like L8 to some of the big beverage brands, Brown Foreman. And, um, you know, it, it was a way for me really to bring everybody back together um, and really create, you know, just some really fun, beautiful, um, you know, non-alcoholic cocktails. When were you first introduced to the concept of like a non-alcoholic cocktail? Yeah, so um, my journey really kind of started at uh, Churchill Downs at the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know, I was probably four weeks sober, and I remember going to, uh, you know, one of my dearest, dearest friends, and, um, you know, I was just like, this sobriety thing's for the birds. It, it really is. I was like, if I can't go out, and if I can't do the things I love, and if I can't be around the people I enjoy being around, you know, why did I stop drinking to begin with? Um, and, you know, I remember getting through the day. It was a beautiful day, sunny. It was, you know, it's the Derby, right? And I get to that point of the day where uh, my old Kentucky home comes on. And I remember everybody stands up and they have a mint julep in their hand. And I'm sitting there and I have a bottle of water. And I'm like, this sucks, you know, is, is the rest of my life going to be attending events but not being able to participate? And I really kind of took that mindset and, um, you know, later in my journey, you know, I hopped in a van, I had, uh, you know, this amazing, uh, you know, kind of blog and journey and, um, you know, it's called the Sober Voyager. And, um, you know, something for me, travel has always been kind of therapeutic and it's been something that, you know, was kind of a reward type of a system to where, you know, I was like, if I work hard, if I stay sober, I can travel all over the country and see and do new things. And I was first introduced to, um, you know, a mocktail out in Seattle. I remember walking in and, um, you know, it was one of those opportunities where I was sitting there having food and I was like, now just have a soda. And he's like, oh, you know, we have an entire menu for if you're not drinking. And I was like, really? And, uh, you know, it was that opportunity and it was that first really kind of space where the bartender's sitting there making it and, you know, he's doing some flair and it was just a really, really cool, you know, moment in my life, and I look back and 
it's like if this was in every bar then you know like i said whether you do drink don't drink taking a break just in between drinks um you know you could feel special so what was the first mocktail that you created that you were just like okay this is this is cool i can do this um, I was probably working with uh, Bourbon Barrel Foods down here, so I love using Kentucky-based products, and um, it was actually an L8-based product, and um, you know, uh, L8 does this really, really good, um, it's a blackberry smash, and you know, I think like their tagline is something like, for the adventurous or something, and I was like, well, I'm not drinking. Um, you know, we did this fun little rift, and it had some uh, oleosaccharum from um, from Old Forester, which is a non-alcoholic, like a very citrus forward, uh, lemony, um, uh, simple syrup. And then it had some L8, and it had some fresh blackberries, and then we did this smoked brown sugar on the rim, topped off with a little bit of mint. And I was just like, this is yum, right? Like, it's just good. And, um, you know, every, every since then, I really kind of treated it like culinary and really just trying to pair different flavor profiles to really uh, complement each other. And then if I can use local products, and that's you know, just the cherry on top. What's your, um, what, what's your favorite pro- flavor profile in a mocktail? Uh, it depends, it really does. I, I hate to say that. Um, you know, depending on where I'm at in the country, I really, really try and dive into you know, different flavor profiles and different ethnicities. And you know, if it's hot, you know, I don't want anything you know, with cinnamon. If it's cold, then give me all the cinnamon you can. So when you um, first started out, did you find that you, you were approaching spirit companies first to, to show them this option, or were they approaching you? No, so it was, I'd say by sheer dumb luck living in Kentucky, you know, you're, you're two people away from everybody, and, um, you know, if, if we do anything really well, we do bourbon really, really, really well. Um, and uh, it was actually the Kentucky Distillers Association that initially reached out um, and they wanted to capitalize and utilize the platform as you know just a pillar of their social responsibility and then uh, very quickly uh, Brown Foreman um, you know they really really attached on to you know the language and the movement and you know just creating spaces that you know if you want to enjoy great spirits you can if you want to take a break, then that's great. We, we support you, too. And so for the past, um, you know, almost two and a half years, they sent me all over the country doing everything from large-scale whiskey festivals to, you know, bringing the first uh, alternative option to the Kentucky Derby in 2019. So I know you've done a lot of work with Old Forester, speaking of Brown Foreman. What, just speak to that partnership a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I think it starts with Jackie Zayakan and their team. You know, Jackie's just a phenomenal, phenomenal face. Um, you know, and she deeply, deeply cares about, you know, I think just being hospitable and being personable. Um, you know, and then when you just kind of go down and you go through George's Bar, um, you know, they have an entire non-alcoholic um, menu there at George's Bar. So if you're ever visiting the distillery. And they were really just one of the first, um, you know, big spirit brands that I know of um, that really just wanted to create spaces where everyone could, you know, do a tour, do a visit. If they're, you know, if, if they're uh, sponsoring an event and they want to make sure that, you know, everything from the designated driver to the pregnant, you know, or expecting mother to, you know, if you're going to have a great uh, cocktail with Old Forester in it, then they also want to make sure that you can have something equally you know as tasty if you're not imbibing right so we um i think jackie was also down there but we saw that you served some mocktails up the uh, tales of the uh, uh tales of the cocktails right yeah so um they did a really really cool uh initiative where i know they were helping out you know the hospitality industry but then um you know it was it's really kind of a collaboration so it was a little bit of chambord and some um you know old forester and woodford 
Um, you know, but Brown Foreman sent me down, and we did an entire uh, non-alcoholic pop-up bar. Uh, Tells of the Cocktail is a multi-day, multi-fascinated, you know, hospitality space where, you know, obviously there's a lot of drinking. And, um, you know, they really took the platform and the opportunity just to say, you know what, we're down here to have fun. We're down here to be educated. Um, but it's also New Orleans. We want you to have fun, but also take a break. And so, you know, we, we did that. And it was just a very successful uh, pop-up bar. So the, the, the spirits companies are embracing the mocktail movement, cause I think, because they recognize, A, from a responsibility standpoint, it's important. And then, two, it's just it's, it's another way to get their brand to a market that they aren't currently serving. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and I think for such a long time, it was, you know, either non-drinkers are on one side and drinkers on the other. And I think what we're now starting to realize is, is that, you know, non-alcoholic options are not hurting cells. Cells are still just the same, uh, if not better. And, you know, when you really just look at a hospitality piece, um, you know, for somebody like myself that may be on a first date, um, you know, how cool is it for a big spirit brand to say, you know what, we support the non-drinkers, so when I'm on my first date, um, you know, and, you know, my partner, she wants to order or, you know, have a cocktail, you know, I'm probably going to support the brands that support me, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, when you're actually truly welcoming everybody to the table, um, you know, I, I don't think, um, actually, I, I want to say I do know that, you know, it, it actually benefits and complements everybody. Um, just to make sure there's always great alternative options. How, how are bartenders reacting to this movement? It's, uh, you know, it's on the coast, it's definitely something that, you know, I'd say one out of two bars you walk into and there's really beautiful alternative uh, menus. It's still, you know, for all the good and the bad, the Midwest and the South is still on our own, you know, slow pace. Um, but you know, the bars and the mixologists that have, you know, really dove into it, you know, they love it. And, you know, especially when you look at a community where our bars are open till 4 a.m., uh, it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a word that always comes back is, is, you know, it's fun to go out, it's fun to have drinks, um, but if we're doing that every single night until 4 a.m., it's just not sustainable. And so, you know, I think, you know, pushes like Dry January, Silver October, you know, it's just a really great way to kind of re-engage, you know, and I think it's a bigger, broader re-engagement, just not from drinking, but, you know, from health in general, um, you know, whether it's getting back into the gym to retooling my diet to whatever that may, you know, look like, um, you know, I think that the non-alcoholic option just comes into that space. Non-alcoholic beers are on the rise. That's trending right now, especially and certainly in Europe. Somewhat in the U.S., that that trend's growing at least. Um, even uh, this this one um, company, uh, athletic brewing company out of mm-hmm. out of Connecticut, uh, they opened up their own NA tap room, the yeah. first supposedly of its kind in the country. Yep. So there there is a, a certainly a sobriety trend, but do you think there's a is the sobriety movement growing, or are people just realizing that there are options other than water and coffee? I, I think that's a fair question. Um, I think it's definitely a pendulum swing right now to where, you know, for so long it was just about, you know, let's go out and have a drink, you know, a traditional cocktail or a beer. Um, you know, and now you're starting to play in some of these sober spaces um, that it's just a non-alcoholic space. And then I think, you know, the really beautiful thing is, and I hope that it's going to meet in the middle to where... Um, you know, if you do just want to go to an all non-alcoholic tap room, that's great because you do definitely have, you know, whether it's recovery or, 
maybe it's just a Tuesday and you just don't want to be around it. Um, you know, that's a great opportunity, you know, to kind of tiptoe and get into that space. Um, you know, but I, I really think that, um, you, you know, the bigger piece is, is that, you know, whether it's social media, um, you know, whether it's just a lifestyle now where it's no longer eight to five, but, you know, so often I'll find myself at the office at nine or 10 at night. And, you know, I think from, um, you know, a health conscious piece, you know, we're realizing that, you know, you can't, um, you know, to be successful or to be healthy and to live the lifestyle that we want to live, uh, that we need that balance. You know, I think that social media has definitely played a huge part in that. Nobody wants to, you know, be the individual that's blacked out and gets a picture taken and then it gets back to your boss. And, you know, I think there's just so much uh, more accountability. Um, and, you know, we just live in a, in a space where everything's such, you know, at our fingertips now that, um, you know, we have to be more cautious of, you know, when we do, you know, want to let loose, right? And where we're letting loose. One thing that I neglected to, to mention when, when we opened up with the intro is that the, the Mocktail Project started actually as a, a nonprofit mm-hmm. organization. Can you yep. speak on that and then kind of where it's going now? Yeah, so it, uh, so in 2017, I, I walked away from corporate America. Um, as I mentioned, it was the Sober Voyager Foundation. Uh, the Sober Voyager was really my own personal journey and my own personal uh, experience into sobriety. Um, and the Mocktail Project was really, it was supposed to be one charity event every year. Uh, I was supposed to raise, you know, a bunch of money, give it back to the recovery community. And, um, you know, I I fell in love with the mission. I fell in love with the conversations. And, um, you know, I had that, you know, opportunity to really work with some of these big spirit brands, which I never really thought that that would be something that uh, would have culminated really so fast. Um, And it, it really turned into, okay, how can this be not only just a charity event, which we've had, you know, every single year. Uh, last year was at the Frasier. You know, we had multiple distilleries there creating cocktails. We had mocktails. We had uh, Bobby, Bobby Benjamin, Joshua Moore cooking food. We had a mocktail competition. It was a really, really beautiful night where, you know, everyone coexisted. Um, but then I wanted to take that night and see, you know, how many times can we replicate that throughout the year, right? And so working with bars and restaurants and, um, you know, charity events all across the country and, you know, really pushing forward that mission of creating spaces where cocktails and mocktails can coexist. And so, um, you know, that really led me to meeting just some amazing humans and some great organizations. And so at the end of 2019, a little bittersweet, but the Mocktail Project, as we kind of know it, is closing down. The nonprofit is closed down. Uh, and I'm now working on the next chapter, which, um, you know, I hope to very quickly be able to share here in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I can kind of tease it out that, you know, it'll be a product that I hope can be in at any bar, whether it's home and or on premise uh, for anybody. That's excellent. Um, on the social media side, do you ever see much negative feedback uh, of the idea of a mocktail? You know, I think it's funny. It's it's not so much on social media because it's definitely, um, you know, the individuals that are following is following for a reason. Um, you know, it's when you get into spaces like, we'll just say like a whiskey festival, and you, you you go up and they're like, well, what are you doing here? You're, you're not alcoholic. And I'm like, well, you know, you're probably not going to drink all night. You're going to go for water at some point, right? Uh, wouldn't it be cool to, whether stopping for a drink of water, you know, to have a really great non-alcoholic option? 
and usually that same person that kind of heckles you comes back about an hour later, you know, they're a little, you know, tipsy or, you know, whatever that may look like, right? And then they have it and they're like, it's pretty good. You know, I wish I stopped an hour ago. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it's changing habits. It's, it's just having conversations, you know, probably for the most part, individuals that are reluctant to really lean into the movement. Um, you know, the, I think for the most part, you know, it's dealing with, you know, maybe they've had an uncle or a brother or a friend or something that struggled, you know, with drinking or maybe some personal things that they're working through in their own personal life. Um, you know, and it's really, I think, just educating, you know, what this can be, that it's not a Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's not saying that you can't drink. It's just saying when you choose not to drink, we also have something that's really, really tasty for you. On, on the Instagram side, uh, you know, pictures of, of cocktails are just so pretty to look at. I mean, it's great. But the cool thing about mocktails is you can't really tell if there's alcohol in it or not because it just it looks the same. Yep. Um, so social media has been really interesting as far as the, the mocktail movement goes, I guess. Any other accounts that we should be following? Any favorites that you like just around the country? Um, so um, there's a really, really cool bar. Uh, I, I'll kind of go back into the space and I'll pendulum swing this one. Sure. So Listen Bar um, is this uh, pop-up bar that does once a month. Uh, Laura Lai, she's a dear, dear friend, and they create this really immersive all non-alcohol uh, bar up in Brooklyn. Um, you know, there's some really cool ones. Uh, the Temper just does some like neat stuff. Uh, they have a huge following, especially during dry January. Um, yeah, I'm gonna butcher her name, Julie Mimosa. She's done some amazing stuff up in um, up in Chicago, and she's done some other things with big spear brands. And um, you know, I think the neat thing is like, especially during January, you can really just kind of type in the hashtag Dry January. And you can really just kind of see like what the movement is, who's playing in it, who's doing it. Um, um, uh, there's another individual out on the West Coast, Marianne. Uh, she's done some really neat stuff out there, what she's done. Um, you know, and, and it is. It's something that, you know, I kind of live in it and play in it. So it, it's constantly on my feed. Um, but, you know, for somebody that's just kind of curious, you know, I know the term sober curious has popped up a lot. Yeah. and. Uh, but I think the easiest way to really dive in, you know, to see whether it's big spirit brands or, you know, local brands like in L.A., you know, what are, what are those brands doing during months like a dry January? And just type in the hashtag, um, you know, or dry January or beyond or, you know, one of those and really just kind of give a deep dive into, you know, who's playing in the space. I know that it's only like January 7th. Um, so we're still just like really right beginning dry January. But have you seen an uptick already of just people curious about mocktails coming to your page so th- the most interesting stat that i saw was um dry january i believe got started in 2014 and for you know anybody listening that doesn't know what it is it's simply just a 30-day challenge or a 30-day movement that just says you know we, we all have those new-, new year's resolutions and you know forever i think a lot of people was like i'm gonna give up drinking for 30 days or whatever that may be um but it was really kind of a uh challenge more to the to like on premise and to bartenders and it was more a challenge to them to really accommodate mm-hmm. um, and since 2014 to now um, you know millions and millions of people have participated um, you know I think the last statistical data point was um, one out of five individuals in America will participate in dry January so you know you do that math pretty good number mm-hmm. uh, London it's something like 40 percent but this is actually the very first year that there's a decline 
in the number of individuals that are participating, that's because uh, 58% of individuals that participated last year now don't drink at all. And so um, the number is vastly larger, um, but the reality is, is that, you know, those individuals don't, um, you know, say they're participating in dry January because they participate, you know, every month. Um, And so it's the very first year that dry January hasn't grown. Uh, and that's because there's a 58% increase in individuals that just choose not to drink at all now. Excellent. Jesse, I don't want to take up too much yep. more of your time, so thank you very much thank for, you for so, coming so much. And, and hanging out with us today. No, thank you so much. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or maybe you know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us.